All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? Are we awake? I'm, I'm not. I'm just asking, I guess. I'm, I'm definitely not awake. Well, good morning, guys. Welcome to Pierce Point Community Church. And for those of uh, who are watching online, my name is Adam Black. I'm the worship leader here, at, um, but I'm also a deacon in training. So last week, we were given our assignments for this current devotional series. And I always find it funny that the topics which we're discussing are usually the ones we need to practice more of. <laughs> especially for me this past week. Uh, when given the assignments, uh, I was given, what is, it, what is the meaning of follow me? So who was the me in that case? That's Jesus. So today I'm going to be talking about following Jesus or what it truly means to follow God. Um, if you're like me, one of the first scriptures you think of is Matthew 4:19. come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, when you hear that, that sounds an awful lot like uh, the Great Commission written in Matthew 28, go make disciples and all the earth. Uh, but I feel like we have a good summary of what it means to follow God written in Matthew 10, verses 34 through 39. So I'm going to read that for you. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves sons or daughters more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. When I read that, it definitely doesn't sound like this uh, romanticized version of following Jesus that we all think it does. This sounds hard. And if I'm being honest, it almost sounds contradictory to what you think following God looks like. Like, we're literally saying set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. This sounds, this sounds bad. This sounds awful. But what is being said here, especially in the context of the time, is that people lived to serve their father and mother. Their word was truth, and you followed them. So to follow God, that means you have to switch who you're serving. Matthew 6, 24 states that we can only follow one thing at a time. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. We're also commanded to not have other gods before him. It's written in Exodus 23, 20 verse 3, and Deuteronomy 5 verse 7. They both say, you shall have no other gods before me. And we're reminded in Mark 12, 30, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So when we're talking about following Jesus, truly following after God, we're literally saying we can't follow anything else. There's nothing in our way between us and our relationship with him. Jesus says in Luke 9.23, and sorry, I, have a, I got a lot of scriptures here. Jesus says in Luke 9.23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So this is our baseline. This is what it means to follow God, but it sounds hard. It doesn't sound like an easy thing to do. And this is 
this is a time where I'm going, yeah, you're, you're correct. <laughs> this is hard. But I also have been thinking about this. This lines up perfectly with how we have talked about in the past of sanctification and things. This is, this is an ongoing process. It doesn't look like this on-off switch of today I'm following God and today I'm not. So I'm going to share with you, without giving everything away, <laughs> I'm going to share with you what my week looked like in terms of following God. Road rage, selfishness, bad thoughts, procrastination, swearing, laziness. But it also looked like apologizing, sacrificing for others, repenting, reading through my Bible, spending time in prayer, and doing what was asked of me, whether I wanted to or not, (laughs) you know. So this leads me to one of my favorite scriptures of all time. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. So I love this, and this is like one of those scriptures where you can just say it and be like, oh, there, there's the end of the story. Like, we need, to be, we need to follow God. We need to be transformed by the, you know, with the renewing of our mind, which means that our thought process from what I've said earlier of road rage and procrastination and all that, I have to sit there and say, that's not what God asked of me, and I need to change that. I, I went into prayer, and my mind is being changed continually because... My mind doesn't constantly say, I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm going to do something really good for somebody else today. That's not what my, my, my flesh wants. You know? So I have to go to God, and he, he changes my mind. So this is fantastic. We realize, that looking, uh, we realize that following God looks like this process. So how can believers, though, not be conformed by the world, but by being transformed? Well, we need to hear. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. We need to study. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We need to repent. Proverbs 28, verse 13, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We also need to rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now here's where I, I purposely stopped writing at this point, because I wanted to just kind of go off script and, and talk about, again, following God. Because I, I want this to be something that is real for a lot of us, and and this is a devotional series that is kind of talking about the the struggles of what that looks like. And I just want to encourage you that wherever you are, where if it looks like you had a bad week, I know every single person in here had a different week. Nobody lives the same life. Everybody has a different thing going on. So for me, I'm just going to speak for myself, I literally put this off is more than I should have. I was wrapped up in other things. I cared about other things. And over the past few days, as, I, as I'm writing everything down, I'm literally just realizing that what God has called me to do is uncomfortable. 
it is a sacrifice. It is something that I don't necessarily want to do. And I keep hearing things online and on social media and things like that. And people make these posts about do what makes you happy. And like do what's best for you. And that it, oh, it, it got my gears grinding this week. Because I realized that if I was just doing the things that wanted me to be happy, this wouldn't have gotten done. Uh, chores around the house wouldn't have gotten done. I wouldn't have, you know, connected in relationships that I need to, you know, be a part of. It's, I, I want to say this in a way that says, this doesn't not make me happy, but it's a struggle. But that's where the whole renewing of our mind comes in. This is, this is something that I didn't want to do. But God knew what was best for me, and I should have done it anyways. Because by the time you get through it and you do it, you, you grow a little bit. You change. It's, again, it's the process. It's what we've talked about. We talked about it for six or seven weeks of sanctification. This is a continuation of growing in our faith. And that's really just where I want to leave this at. So where, wherever you are, your week might look like road rage. Your week might look like a, uh, our inside joke here, a holy flip-off, <laughs> you know? It might look like having an argument with your spouse. You're still following God. It's not that you're not following God in this case. You just need to be transformed. You need to repent, and you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. How can I change? How can I grow in this situation? What can I do to honor you in all things? So to me, that's what following God looks like. It's a process. It's a relationship.